Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Ron Martin. Ronald, we are, uh, we are without our boy Pipe again this week. Piper is a very important man. He's traveling. He's in Boston, uh, which I hear is a nice college town. And uh, yeah, he's and real warm talks. this time of year too. I heard. Yeah, so. yeah, lovely, lovely this type of year, time of year, type of year. <laughs> um, he's uh, he's giving talks. He's living the the traveling speaker's dream. And uh, where are you today, baby? Are you are you back home? Yeah, baby. I'm in a, I'm in a town. Everything's good. Nice. I'm uh, nice. heading heading to Indianapolis tomorrow, but I'm here today. Mm. So it's baby, great. what's an indie? Tell us about that. Uh, Big M doing a little uh, conference speaking herself, and then Whoa. Uh, and then I'll be preaching at a wow. church that's hosting the conference. So yeah, we're we're just doing the gig, man. Dude, so. what a power family, man. Oh, it's Is a power a, team. It's a power team. It's a power team, dude. Absolutely. I feel like. And, and this is no shade on anybody, but I, I feel like if you guys had like kind of skipped the music thing and started in ministry, like at the very beginning, you guys would be super famous by now. That's my that's my assessment of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I'm glad you did the music thing. It was it was what you most wanted to do. So that's that's what you needed to be doing. But I'm just saying. You know, I think that I think the fame thing would have really popped at a high level. Is all I'm saying. You know, you never know. You never know why. You know, you never know why is why and what is what. And it, I think Big M could have gotten in on the ground floor of the whole like, you know, women and reformed them thing. She cut. She could have gotten some of that Jen Wilkin action. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Um, Baby, she yeah, doesn't like. That's not. This is the thing about Big M, and you know her well enough yeah. to know this. Is that that is not like her heart at all? Like she, like she's. Like she she does these gigs where she gets in front of women and she speaks, but it's like mm-hmm. it's not her sweet spot, you know. Dude, what she what she speaking about? Like pastor's wife stuff? Like how yeah, to be I think it's like finding, all that stuff. I, I think I think her talks are centered around like finding joy and fulfillment just in life, you know. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. stuff that we've we've had a lot of convos about recently, and uh, so a little yeah. less theological, a little more uh, applicable. Yeah, I mean both, you know. And she draws yeah, yeah. from the Wilkins and and you know that that whole yeah. that whole team, that whole crowd. And um, but yeah, yeah, she's uh, but it's a it's an interesting thing how God like kind of brought her into that because it's it's not what she would say is like the thing that she like stays up late at night dreaming about doing at all yeah so she didn't she didn't dream about being like conference speaker late no not at all i mean not even close yeah so it's really it's kind of interesting so like you you guys could have been up dreaming about that together together no it was a dream of her she was yeah (laughs) she was up shaking with anxiety and i was sleeping like a baby oh that's right just dreaming about those breakout sessions dreaming about the breakouts right you know get me Get me into a classroom with like a dozen sad desks for a breakout, and I'm 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 in my sweet spot. Right, absolutely, know? man. Nothing yeah, nothing yeah. gets the juices flowing like that. Nothing <laughs> gets the juices like wandering around with a map trying to find your breakout classroom. Exactly. Oh, it's baby, a it's a glamorous life, baby. You know what? Yeah, I know a, it. You know. Yeah, I know. I know. We've done it, man. We've been to that mountaintop. You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's a lot of excitement. Also, a lot of excitement. Um, we have an, I feel like we have an embarrassment of riches right now when it comes Correct. to sponsorships on this program, Ronald. And uh, I want to talk about the Dwell Bible app. And I want to give it the promo that it deserves because when you and I are left, we're kind of like children uh, being left in the house with a parent gone as it, as it pertains to promos. But um, I want to give Dwell a real solid promo read. 
uh, because they're an app that we like. They're an app that reads the Bible out loud to you wherever and whenever you want, mm. right from your smartphone. Uh, the link here, Ronald, is Dwell App. That's D-W-E-L-L-A-P-P dot I-O slash Happy Rant. I think you got you it, go, baby. Yeah. Baby, if you go to dwellapp.io slash Happy Rant, here's what happens. You get 33% off annually uh, the subscription to Dwell Bible. So for only nineteen ninety nine a year, uh, you can hear lots of different people from lots of different ethnicities reading the Bible out loud to you. So uh, no matter what your proclivities are in that area, um, we, they have a voice for you on the Dwell app. And uh, this is a great app. They've been a great sponsor, uh, a great partner with the Happy Rant. And uh, we are excited to promote their products. So dwellapp.io slash happy rant. Pair that with a, a hot, delicious cup of Red Bud coffee. Maybe I'm drinking Red, mine right now, by the way. Maybe so. I'm drinking mine too, actually. And, mm. and, and I know that like it could sound insincere when we say that, but I'm 100% sincere. No, it's 100%. I'm drinking. Yeah, I'm drinking a cup of... of Delicious Red Bud coffee. Absolutely. And uh, I'm loving it. Dude, the packaging is dope. What did you think of the packaging this, this last round, man? Yeah, I dig it. I mean, I dig it. It's, it's, it's solid. Um, there's a, you know, it's kind of minimalist, which is right up my alley, Avi. And, yeah. uh, you know, so I, uh, yeah, I, I like what they got going there. I think it fits our aesthetic, which is what is most important, if we're being honest. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, uh, that kind of cohesion with, uh, you know, with the, with the aesthetic that we've spent you know, Absolutely, months and yeah. years, years, like hammering years, out. Yeah, yeah, years, designing, branding. I mean, oh. to me, Redbud is just now in the business of making coffee for the happy run. You know, that's so. it, man. That's it. And, uh, and we thank them for doing that. Absolutely. So, uh, look them up, Redbud coffee roasters, order a bag and, um, enjoy it. And we will get a piece of the action because we are coffee moguls in partnership with Redbud, which is what we always wanted to be. But baby, you've got, uh, you've got an, a kind of an interesting, topical direction today man you wanted to talk about embarrassment as a believer and i think this is really apropos of right now because uh i think more and more christians especially christians of a particular kind of like thoughtful ilk or level of education or whatever it's almost incumbent upon us to feel embarrassed about christianity and apologize to it so to me and, and i want to hear you on this man and i've, I've got a little story for you but yeah. to me this smacks very much of like standard 2004 em emergent church stuff mm. um and it feels exactly the same to me where like our our boy donnie our boy donnie miller made his bones by like writing this narrative section about a um a confessional booth in which people would come in and he would apologize to them about all the embarrassing things right. about christianity yeah. <laughs> and a certain kind of like it, that was catnip for a certain sort of, yeah. you know, too, too cool for school, um, I, I don't know, Christian in 2004. And um, I don't know, I'm feeling a lot of the same ethos now. And um, so just just yesterday, I, I've got this student that I meet with on our campus, and he's amazing. He's a guy that I really, really like, really thoughtful kid, English major, um, kind of in his, like, too cool for Christianity moment, uh. um, which... which as an old person like us, you can see that coming a mile away. And you could probably see it coming because at some level, you and I probably went through it, lived through it, had our, our, our little dabblings. In Still that dealing area. with it. Still dealing <laughs> with it. But, um, but he asked me to listen to this podcast called The Liturgists. 
Oh, absolutely. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew about the liturgists. I knew that for me, the liturgist was like, if you if you took the most aggravating mm-hmm. person in the world going. and put them You're in right front of the mic, yeah, and put them in front of the microphone, that would be the liturgist just for me. I mean, it was like apex mountain of aggravation for me to listen to these people. Oh, but, 100%. 100. Yeah, but the whole ethos and vibe of the liturgist is like basically we want to cling to some tiny shred of calling ourselves Christians so that if we accidentally get run over by one of our electronic cars and die, we don't go to hell. Yeah, right? yeah possibly. But, right. <laughs> but, but, it, but yeah, but in all other ways, we're just going to absolutely rip and destroy and eviscerate everything that Christians hold near and dear. We're going to make fun of our kind of weirdo evangelical upbringings, which I feel like is the lowest kind of low hanging fruit for Christians. And it's true. I I really want to hear you on this whole idea of like, yeah, we're going to be at odds with the world. Like if, if what you like the most is being cool, I think that's going to be at odds culturally with what we believe, which is saying that you are sinful. Your heart is broken. You need a, uh, a mediator with a holy and perfect, you know, creator of the universe, and Christ is that mediator. Yeah. If that's a message that you find profoundly uncool or offensive, like you're you're not going to like Christianity. And um, I don't, I don't know, baby. I want to hear you on that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You you brought up the liturgists, right? And I, I don't have yeah. like a ton of like super longo experience with that podcast, but I know enough about it to know that like. Yeah, it's almost a takeoff from the old, you know, kind of dated kind of emergency thing, you know, from yeah. like 15 years ago. But it's almost like this idea that says, like, what makes us cool is is sort of like locating and name checking all the things about Christian culture over the past, like, 50 years that have been, like, decidedly uncool. And yeah. so at, at what point... Which is most things about Christian culture. Which is most be, things to, about Christian culture, yeah. like for sure. Um, it, it, we can also find a lot, of, a lot of things in just general culture and secular culture that are really embarrassing and uncool too. So oh, it, totally. it, probably, it probably makes sense to, uh, to mention that. But, but no, yeah. but, but this whole idea that like to like sort of like um, legitimize ourselves, we got to have sort of this snark against anything that's, that's reeked of like datedness or like uncoolness. Or lacks mm-hmm. any, or has lacked any sort of hipster culture. It's like my question is this: like, when does that become dated and uncool? Well, dude, so that's a great question because I think it's, I think it's already there. I don't know. I feel like when I listen to the, and I hate this about myself, right? I hate it about my own like sinful nature. But when I listen to the liturgists, I roll my eyes. I make some snide comment to my wife about how it sounds like, you know. Uh, I don't know, Rob Bell circa 2004. And like on the liturgist, there's this literal kind of breathless, like they're so impressed with themselves, right? They're so, they're so like in awe and amazement at their own like level of enlightenment. But I just feel like, gosh, you guys are, it's, it's self parody, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. It's self parody. And it's, it's, uh, it's almost, well, and they get into like, I would, we would agree, right? That they, they get into like dangerous territory, right? Because oh, it's like, most definitely, because man, if you're just, definitely. if you're just hammering out constantly about how orthodoxy isn't cool and that's yeah. the reason why we want to disassociate well, to me, with it, it's like, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, to me, a, a podcast like that, it's catnip for a certain kind of person who's ready to do some like real grown up rebellion. Yeah, totally. And yeah, grown I mean, up scripture is, is a great word. Yeah. Scripture is clear about what happens when you, 
when you take kind of a weak person or a person who's in a weak moment and you lead them like down a path to destruction and I feel like I've known a handful of people over the years that have been big fans of the liturgists and none of them are Christians anymore. And I mean, that's not a, that's not a funny thing, right? That's the saddest thing. And I don't know. It just, it just has me in this moment where I'm going at the end of the day, I think we have to be clear about what we believe and what you and I believe is going to be at odds with what the culture at large is celebrating. And I think we gotta not, not to, make this a martyrdom podcast then I, I know you and I wanted to be funny today and we're not being funny at all but um I mean I, I think we got to be ready to take a hit you know absolutely. and yeah, absolutely. taking a hit is gonna mean you know not being the super cool enlightened guy all the time when we talk about gender or when we talk about sexuality or when we talk about uh, I don't know pick pick a social yeah, issue, any right? variety of things absolutely any variety yeah. of things and you know, I, I, I do think there's this lukewarmness that's kind of permeating where it's like people want to cling to this. They, they want to get their ticket punched to heaven in case they get run over by a bus. But in all other ways, they want to reject Christianity. And I, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. Yeah. You know? And I think, and again, it kind of brings us back to this program, which is, I, I think like from the beginning, like we like whenever, when any, when anybody, when somebody asks me about the rant and they say, "Oh, so are you guys kind of cynical?" I go, "No, we're actually we're not cynical. Um, mm-hmm. Cynical is kind of like standing in the middle of something and basically saying like everything that we're a part of, everything that we're doing, it's for nothing. It has no meaning, mm-hmm. um, and that's not what we're ever saying. You know, what what we're trying to do is we're sta- we're trying to stand sort of like right in the middle of the tribe that we associate with." And find some of those things that are, um, I think, in a very like, in a, hopefully kind of in a warm way, we can sort of poke fun yeah. at it. We can jab at it. Because as we yeah. jab at that, we're jabbing at ourselves because we're not removing ourselves from the mix of it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so we can kind of say, hey, we're in the, like, we're in this, you know, we're, we're in this, we're in this like, you know, bowl of soup, but we're also getting wet alongside of everybody else, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, um, and I think that that's, I think that that's different than constantly being like just the um, sort of the the critic that is never satisfied and always needs to be proven, always has to have everything like proven to them. And again, like like in the sense that what you just talked about with the liturgists or when we get into this idea where, man, we've come from, you know, so you and I, you know, we grew up in this, you know, this evangelical scene. We we did all this youth groupy stuff and you look back and you go, oh my gosh, well, yeah, there was... There were like these moments within that where you kind of shudder and it's kind of embarrassing, yep. but it's like, we're, yep. but we're, we're not saying that it didn't have a, you know, an impact on us, you know, both, right. both positively and negatively, maybe in some ways, but totally. it doesn't mean that we have to like sort of, you know, push ourselves as far outside of the, you know, of the, of the circles that we've been brought up in to sort of yeah. prove that, you know, Hey, we're, you know, we don't want to be a part of that, but we do have a toe that's still dipping in it to legitimize totally. who we are. And so I think it's just, it's this weird balance where we can, we can look at a lot of these things, you know, these, these cultural uh, moments that have been created within Christianity and go, well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it lacked some, you know, legitimacy in terms of like artistic content and some yeah. of those things, but like, dude, it like, it's okay. Like, yeah. like we, we can't spend the rest of our lives, you know, trying to say, hey, don't put me in that camp and, you know, don't, totally. you, know, <laughs> totally. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, because that's exhausting. It's and exhausting. I, I, I guess where I come down on all that and, and vis-a-vis the upbringing and all that stuff, like, 
I can look at something like the Left Behind books or whatever yeah. and go, yeah, yeah. yeah, like those were monumentally stupid and they're funny <laughs> and I love laughing about them and it's hilarious that those guys that wrote them are like billionaires now because of it. We're just and jealous hilarious, them, I mean, That's what it oh, is. Oh, I'm it's, so jealous. It's just that dude, we, we were left behind with the Left Behind Baby, series. I was left behind as it pertains to the money <laughs> that is literally raining on those guys to this day. Literally writing. Literally, like right now, they're oh, under... Oh, dude, literally, yeah. They, under, they've got like a, a cash umbrella, you know. <laughs> Um, a cash and yeah, baby, would I like some of that cash? I would. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie. And we say just weren't like smart enough to write those books, <laughs> dude. Right? Because we, we were too busy being all like sniffy and hipster and cool about about it when we should have been like collecting some of that cash in a bucket. But but I guess I guess the point is, I can say that those books were stupid and mean it. But I can also equally say. But yeah, during those growing up years, I'm still glad that I was around Christians, you know? And like, yeah, youth group was weird and kind of stupid, but like, I'm glad I was around believers mostly, and I'm glad I was around adults who were trying stuff and failing sometimes, but but who ultimately cared about my soul. And I, and I guess that leads me to another question, kind of like circling back around to the liturgist, and I want to get your take on this as a, as a man of the cloth. So what I hear from students about that podcast is that it feels like a safe place for people who are questioning their faith. And what I tell them is like, I, I want our university actually to be a safe place yeah. for discussion for people who are questioning because we're all going to have questions about our faith. And I, I had questions about mine and I still do from time to time. And I, I want my classroom, my office, our, our campus to be a place where people can have those questions, and I, I guess I'd rather them come to us than the liturgists for for the aforementioned reasons of apostasy kind of being the end of that ball of yarn. Um, so my question to you is, like, as reformed dudes, how do we how do we both like a hundred percent affirm what it is that we believe and celebrate it and celebrate the kind of certainty that it delivers? while at the same time having a church or an office or a classroom or whatever that's also a friendly place to have discussions about uh, quest questioning the faith. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, for, it totally makes sense. I mean, yeah. I think, yeah, I think, but I think you do that, you know, just like we're trying to do that at our church or, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know even talking about stuff on the rant, you know what I mean, where it's like, yeah. are you creating like safe hubs? Where yeah. it's like, hey, we, you know, we're going to stick to orthodoxy. We're also going to allow things to be brought up that are going to, you know, that are going to try to take some hits, you know, yeah. against orthodoxy. But ultimately kind of always backing back up to the truth. Because, you know, at the end of the day, man, there's not, you know, I, I mean, as you grow in your maturity, there's nothing cooler than truth anyway. You know, there's nothing more relevant mm -hmm. than truth. And mm -hmm. so um, I think we get, we, we just really get knocked around by the aesthetics of things by the totally. aesthetics of the culture of things. And yeah. so there is this, um, there's this idea that, that we're sometimes we can be too tentative, you know, because again, yeah. we don't want to offend, which again, those are yeah. like, those are good things to like, because again, we're, we're trying to care about people, people's souls. We're also trying to care about, you know, the place that they're coming from when they bring ideas into the space and, you know, yeah. what, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what, you know, you know, what may have happened in their life to have those ideas become generated in their hearts and in their minds. And so mm -hmm. how do we do that? Well, we just say, hey, it's, oh, it's always okay to ask questions. In fact, the, yeah. the, what we would say is wrong is when you are in a place where you don't feel the freedom to ask those questions. But the question in itself 
can't just become the answer, right? Totally. So the question just can't be the – so all we're going to do is just ask questions and ask questions and never come to anything solid because I think you know the Bible gives us some solidity. With, with Dude, which questions. was the whole yeah, which was the whole deal with the emergent church movement in two thousand four, right? Right. I mean, it was all about, and the aesthetics were a little bit different. I mean, it was a little more like, I don't know, gauges in the ears and a little bit less. It was whatever trying it is. so hard, big. Too. It was I mean, trying oh so hard. Yeah, it was trying so so hard, and I think it's still trying hard, it's but in trying a different way. So hard, man. So yeah, hard. yeah. And the liturgist, God bless those kids, trying man. They're tra- so they are hard. trying so hard. Yeah, those forty-four-year-olds I mean, trying so those 44 hard. Those forty-four-year-old kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, and, and and I think there's a part of me that will always feel a little bit sad just when I see somebody trying that hard. You know, it's like would somebody just like hug these people and tell them that they're cool and they can they can. They could stop trying. Well, for a dude, it's while. just kind of funny because, you know? like, I was, you know, you look, you know, you go back <laughs> and you look at some of these old school dudes, and like, yeah. you look at like, you look like Johnny P wearing the same sport jacket for like sixty years running. Yeah, you yeah, know, you yeah, look yeah. at pictures of like RC Sproul and like Packer, and you just go like, no, dude, here's the thing, that's cool, that's cool because yeah. they all they did was stick to the, they didn't care about all of like all of these all this outer rim of like you know fashion and you know, aesthetic yeah. and, you know, you know, trying to present an image and trying to brand ourselves and trying to create a platform yeah. so that every, yeah. you know, the, this certain group will like feel connected to it. And you look at that and you go, oh, dude, like that's really appealing. Like a dude that wore the same sport jacket for 60 years running, you know, that wasn't yeah. trying to be trendy. There's something so yeah. refreshing about that. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Yeah. And, and I think we're drawn to a person who is more concerned about truth than aesthetics, right? And and this is coming from two guys who are on the aesthetic concern spectrum. You and I, I mean, we're we're both concerned with it probably more than we should be. But um, but I think we're all we're also both like um, pretty drawn to the guys that aren't concerned by it, which is which is an interesting you know f- kind of fanboy move by us. So so here's a question. Well, hold on, babe. We we can yeah, we yeah. can laugh about our concern for it on ourselves too. So like Oh, yeah. Like I like, mean I care about you know some of the things I wear and I mean I I because I just have an interest in like things of that nature, but like in yeah. no way do I let that sort of like motivate how I you know what I know to be true, or do I let well, yeah, that and we, drive a stake in truth? You know, like what is it? And have we to do make fun of your church and your warehouse and your shiplap and all that because at the end of the day, we know that you are more concerned about truth than you are with matter. any of those other things. Yeah, at the end yeah, of the day, it's, it's kind just of a, worthless. You know, yeah, but. dude, it's completely worthless, and in in ten years, it'll be something else. So, so speaking of that, here's a here's something I've been chewing on lately. So, at the beginning of the emergent church movement. There was a Republican in office. It was George W. Bush. Yeah. And right now there's a Republican in office. And we're kind of seeing another spike in sort of liturgists-esque emergent church, too cool for everything kind of behavior. And I wonder if it's just concurrent with whenever there's a Republican in office, there's going to be a little bit of a pendulum swing by kind of leftist hipster Christians um, like that kind of stuff is going to see a spike. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at this now. This is a less spiritual discussion and more just like, is this a trackable trend? You know what I mean? Is there is there just like yeah. business and science behind this where whenever there's a conservative in office, there's going to be a spike in like people's interest in liberal kind of hipster Christianity stuff? Well, yeah, no, I totally think there is, man. Because And here's yeah. what's interesting. is like I think we have new categories now, which is never a bad thing. So like yeah. if you're – 
So if you're somebody that cares about orthodoxy, if you're somebody that cares about truth, like you're not automatically just a Republican anymore. Like, so those categories have changed. And so the people that represent, the people that used to be able to, on some levels, maybe, maybe limited levels, used to be able to depend on to represent your uh, opinion and your views on things like, well, that just doesn't exist anymore. Right. So now we have, now we have these new categories, you know, that, you know, our politicians don't, we we refuse to let them create for us anymore. And I think, um, I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually a good thing in a lot of ways, but yeah, what, to what you, to your main point, which Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, we have this like quasi conservative, you know, uh, you know, leadership in place now in the nation. So there's going to be this autumn, you know, we would say there needs to be some good pushback against it because of how crazy it is. But like, there is definitely like, there's going to be like a massive, massive swing um, to the other side of that, like for sure, especially given just how crazy everything is in all of those categories now. Totally. And so, um, yeah, so, but even more so now, right? Like even more so yeah. than when GW was like doing his thing. Because, oh, GW seems like an angel, you know, by, by comparison. Yeah, I mean, things are so, yeah. like, things are just straight bonkers now with everything. Oh, yeah. That it's yeah. just, I mean, and you know us, two of the least political, political oh, dudes dude. of all time. I don't give a crap about politics. <laughs> Never I mean, have. Dude, but... But I mean, like, it's just, it's gotten to a place, like, that's the embarrassment. I mean, that's always been embarrassing, but like, things are, things are at such a bonkers, embarrassing, don't put me in that camp level now. Well, dude, but even that though, it's like in, and I want to pivot into an experience I had that I think you'll relate to, but on the, on the politics thing, it's kind of like, it's, it's profoundly uncool now to be not sort of faux interested in politics. You know what I mean? Like you got to. I feel like in 2020, you got to be the guy who can walk into the coffee shop and have like eight minutes of like faux deep sounding conversation on politics. And I'm just not that guy, nor do I have any interest in being that guy at all. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I just don't care because, because I know that what I feel about it has no impact on anything. I guess that's maybe where we get a little cynical, baby. Is I think that like, it is, baby. <laughs> that's where, that's so. where our cynicism comes in because it's like, uh, that's cool that you feel that way. Now tell me yeah. how that's going to change. Like how you yeah, – tell yeah, yeah, me yeah, how yeah. you feel about how you feel is going to change anything about how you feel. You know Oh, what I mean? yeah. It's not. And it's so I, not. So <laughs> That's our generation baby, let me, though. Let me tell you about a thing I watched recently. And I had a bunch of reactions to it that I think you might relate to. So the thing is – the Irishman on oh, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, I never saw Martin it, Scorsese's yeah, The Irishman. Yeah. Baby, you should watch it, man. Now you're gonna have to earmark like three and a half nights to get through this. Thing I heard it's like it's... watching paint. I heard it was really slow, man. Well, Is baby, it... it was. Here's the thing: it was slow. It wasn't really about anything. I mean, it was tangentially about the guy who killed Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. My take on it, and I've got like cultural aesthetic takes on it, but I've got a Christian take on it too. And my Christian take on it is that it's actually about serving the wrong master. Wow. And it's actually more Christian and thoughtful than Scorsese's supposedly Christian and thoughtful 10-hour movie, Silence, that right. came out a few years ago, <laughs> right. which was just like 10 hours of, of me being tortured. But um, no, I liked this one, even though it was slow and it was kind of about nothing. Um, it's real kind of, of course, vintage and kind of retro feeling and... I guess, like, as I was watching it, it really made me think about how much I loved what was absent from it. Mm. And what was absent from it was stuff like Twitter. 
Like, there, there weren't any grown men trying to be clever about Star Wars and 140 characters, you know what I mean? Like, um, there was no Twitter, there was no, like, GPS navigation, like, dudes looked at maps, which I thought was cool, there were no compact cars, every car in the movie was, like, huge and steely Dude, and it was back awesome. when you had to take the long way home, man. You took the long way As home, Super exactly. Tramp would say, man, take the yeah, long way home. Yeah, oh, good Super yeah. Tramp reference, you know? I mean, I did There were it. no young people of any kind in this movie. Um, it, it was all old people. It was perfect there for was a no... bunch of forty-year-old like middle-agers. You know, dude, they did a weird like no Polar children. Express thing. They did? they did a weird, yeah, Polar Express thing with like Bob De Niro's face. It was it was creepy. No kidding. It was right. it, yeah, it was kind of insane. They so Bob's like eighty, and they tried to make him look like he was thirty-five. That's what I heard, the, man. That's what I heard. Yeah, the 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 Polar Express like CGI thing. It was bizarre. Um, there was no Uber. So there's nobody like wandering around with their eyes darting from like their phone to the license plate of a passing car. Um, yeah, people had no to be Airbnbs. alone with their people had to be alone with their thoughts a lot more than we allow ourselves. Dude, people to be did now. have to yeah. be alone with their thoughts. So like, so because there were no smartphones, like that scene where and this scene happened like ten times in the movie. The scene where like the mob boss dismisses you to go sit in the bar, or the restaurant, and wait on whether or not they're going to kill you or not. Like in 2020, you'd be scrolling through Twitter in that moment, but in 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 the the world of in the world of the Irishman, you had to just sit there and like stare into the bottom of your drink and kind of like worry that that you were going to get killed. You had to wait. Like it was an yes, era where you, you had to wait. You had to wait. You had to be alone yeah. with your thoughts. You had to right. wait. There was a sense of dread all the time that you couldn't like mask because you had your face in your phone. Well, yeah, but you had to deal with your real feelings. I think in in whatever moment you were in. You had to be fully in that moment and deal with your real feelings. And like, it's fascinating. yeah, I just feel like yeah. in Gangster 2020, I don't want some grad student's take on Bernie Sanders to be like the last, <laughs> the last thing that I read before I get a bullet in the back of the head. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I just loved the, I loved the retroness of it. And um, it made me think about just what, what life was like back then. Baby, where, you should write, you, you should do a McCracken-esque article for uh, Baby, like I already did, oh, man. Did. I already did. Oh, yeah, yeah, except it wasn't for FTC. It was for our our local paper, and it hasn't come out yet. It'll probably run this weekend. Well, but, after uh, it gets printed, you should get permission and, and let it roll out into some other. Uh, yeah. Dude, I might actually. Yeah. I might. I might, uh, I might see if I can get another uh, get another little byline at for the church, baby. Yeah, I feel like that's gonna be that's gonna be my new GCO. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, by which I mean the thing that I publish a story on like once every two years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that'll be that'll be good. By the way, speaking of that, I sent uh, I did a thing I never do, man. This happens to me. Th this thing that I'm about to describe it happens to me like once every two years, and it's a good thing. And it's where I feel like it happens when I'm walking pretty closely with the Lord, and I just get full of appreciation for certain things. Mm -hmm. And um, I ran across the thing that at Jared C. Wilson wrote about the Patriots. And I sent him like a little fan note about it. I sent him a little email. Okay. And uh, wow. it's the first interaction I will, I would have ever had with Jared C. Wilson in my life. Nice. Um, but I dropped him a little fan note and he never wrote me back. Really? What Jared a, C. What a douche. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so not like Jared C though. I wonder what happened. Where did well, you dude, it is like him because it is what happened. <laughs> uh, so, so it's 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 very much like him. But uh, but no, it's okay, man. It's okay. It wasn't about getting a note back. It was more. Maybe about you'll just saying, still hey, get a note I appreciate back. Maybe thing. maybe you're in his get him a note back stack. You know? Well, baby, he's so busy. You know, you know, and there's so much travel, and which you're against now, right? Are you against pastoral busyness? 
I feel like that was a Yoda thing that you leaned into a little bit. Dude, you week. know what it is, man? I what I yeah. what I've noticed, this is what I've noticed. I'm going to step on some toes right now, so roll with me for a second here. Yeah. Um, bring it. it. It's a weird thing. So we are we're we're kind of in the middle or maybe we're getting to the, you know, we're we're kind of having this defining moment now where mm-hmm. we are not allowing like pastors who have been bullies to like just continue their reign of terror. So okay. like we we've lo- we we've kind of What are you talking about like guys like uh like Early Drisky or James McDonald, yeah, like these or, people that yeah. are being exposed, we're, we're seeing like how damaging their leadership is, and mm-hmm. we're not allowing it. So, because we have categories for it now, we know what it looks yeah. like, and people are a little more brave in exposing it. Here's yeah. here's the one that here's the one that's interesting for me is like yeah. when you get like these these A list dudes or B list dudes that start talking about like their like their manic busyness and their schedule. Oh, yeah. and, every, yeah. and so what they're getting right now by like sort of like the Twitter verses, they're getting pats on the back. Like, man, you're doing this work for the Lord. How do you keep it up? And you yeah. know, man, oh, it, yeah, it, it, dude, is, those are the, those are the little pellets of recognition from the universe that we crave. You yeah, know? exactly. And so like right now, so, and I felt, and I, I just had this moment where I was like, so nobody's really seeing this yet. And yet, um, some of this busyness, some of this, some of this, um, like this uh, over involvement, it actually leads to some of these really like bad leaders that we've seen, you know, kind of come yeah. through in the past. But it's also, yeah. I think it's also an epidemic in and of itself, right? I mean, it's no coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I'm just no, saying. Well. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. Like it's, it's like this thing where I think it's going to have like it already has had ramifications. But I sure. think in terms of like when we look at. When we're breaking down this sort of celebrity pastor thing that we keep breaking down very, very gently and very lightly and probably too gently and too lightly, this yeah, idea sure. of like busyness, especially mm-hmm. for like local church pastors, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, so I'm, I'm looking at myself sure. in the mirror. It's like this is something that needs to be I probably talked about, dealt with, and people yeah. that are like under, under the leadership and authority of some of these guys, this needs to be probably approached um, yeah. because I think it's a really big deal. And yeah. it's something that, it, again, it's something that nobody is going to Well, here's what's touch, tricky about it, though. It I mean, like it's a big deal, and I totally agree a thousand percent with everything that you're saying. But it's, it's, a, it's a big deal, and it's weird because the very thing that you are defining yourself with is the thing that you're now sort of convicted of. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard to give up things that give us maybe the only little nuggets of affirmation that we're getting. So for a for for a local church pastor who's probably not getting a whole lot of like attaboys and pats on the back from people in his congregation. Yeah. Like you're looking to that trip, you're just living for that little breakout sesh that you get to lead with low-hanging fruit and easy conference audiences where somebody's going to come up to you and thank you profusely and talk about what great work you're doing, you know, and all that is very seductive. So, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a profoundly hard thing to do to step away from the one thing in your kind of work life that you would call fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's just, and I found this in my own, you know, because obviously, you know, I'm not doing, you know, I'm not doing plenaries. We joke about that, but like, yeah, I, yeah. but like, I have enough busyness in my life right now doing, you know, yeah. on the on the sea. C level circuit, you know, kind of a yeah. thing, the D level circuit or whatever you want to call it. So it's really yeah. interesting to where like I can become like I've become like these last couple of months, I've been like incredibly busy in a way that like I don't like. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's having an adverse effect on me, especially in the yeah. way that I think and how I'm sort of like viewing local church ministry as opposed to people that yeah. I can just sort of have this 
sort of this like this quick one-on-one you know yeah. touch that I have to I, I don't have to sort of build any relational capital with and I can yeah. just sort of say hey what's up good times high five yeah. and then I'm out of there because it doesn't yeah, it's require easy. it's easy it doesn't require anything more of me emotionally or relationally and so yep. it's like if you got a whole group of guys that are just pursuing this and a whole group of guys that are doing this um, yeah. Like at the end of the day, it's obviously it's speaking into something more serious than busyness. But yeah. so what's behind that busyness? Why do we love to be busy with those things that don't require the emotional output and the relational connection that local church Well, does, yeah. You know? I mean, it's where we get pats on the back, you know, and it's, right. it's how we it's how, it's how we get ourselves through the slog of day to day life. We can always say, well, but yeah, in a week and a half, I'm flying to Indy to speak to 12 people or whatever. And, it, totally. and it's. It's it's how we get ourselves through the mundane, but I think we admire our parents and our grandparents for the kind of grinding that they did through the mundane when there was no conference circuit at the end of the the week for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Sure. Like, and and we need to get back to that, dude. Like, really, what the H good is the conference circuit doing for anybody? Like, I, I wish we could just. I wish Winston Churchill had taken a lot of vacations so that we could just tell these guys, look. If what you want to do is get away, just get away. You right. know, you don't have to go and sit through two and a half talks in order to justify, like, I don't know, taking your lady to Minneapolis for the weekend and just getting yeah. two nights in a Hyatt place and enjoying yourselves. Yeah, kicking it you old know, school, like, like, like the way we yeah, used to do it in Fort like Wayne, Like the baby. way we used to do in Fort Wayne, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you know, just get yourself to Fort Wayne. That's the message. Dude, is this That's an embarrassing... Are we getting into some embarrassment territory now with our own, with our own talk? <laughs> Baby, I think everything about that show was an embarrassment in the sense that it was just – that was apropos of a certain moment, right? That certain like, hey, we're doing cool internet television and we're Christians and it was it was dumb. Dude, but internet like, television is hilarious, man. Even that it phrase, is hilarious. Internet, yeah, internet, internet television. television. I sound like an 85-year-old man when I speak in those terms. <laughs> Like, are you no, clicking on those internet was... television programs, Big T? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> everything about that was stupid, but I enjoyed also every moment of it. So, um, you know, there's there's ambiguity there, but but yeah, I mean, I I think I think we're getting at the same thing, which is the busyness is at some level the thing that makes us the most happy, but it's also the thing that's kind of ruining our our local church ministries. And dude, here's what we really need, right? We really need for Winston Churchill in one of these biographies to have said at some point, like, I take it easy sometimes. I take a rest. Because all these guys worship Winston Churchill, and they all want to be him. <laughs> and if Churchill had just said, you know, sometimes I sit in a chair and I stare at the wall, or sometimes I, I don't know, just listen to a record for fun and not as some, like, esoteric academic exercise, like, then I, th I think these guys would they would have a much easier time. I mean, dude, you know what's so weird about Churchill? Like, okay, so I've never read any biographies on Churchill. And yeah, so I've only, ever I've only ever watched like documentaries I really don't care or about like Churchill a movie. That much, to be honest. But like whenever yeah. you see him portrayed on screen, I always walk away going like, dude, he doesn't seem like that fun of a guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, he seems like really curmudgeonly. <laughs> and he's always, he's always smoking a cigar, which I think is cool. Um, and he's always drinking like mass quantities of scotch. Yeah, he just and, seemed like a really unhealthy guy that was like a minute away of like physically like breaking yeah. down. Yeah, and, like cardiac arrest right, is just yeah, around the corner. Like any, like point, any second you know? now, right? Yeah. Exactly, CA, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. so like, I, so yeah, the whole like, the whole like reformed like in this order, you know, we love like 
Jesus Christ, Paul, Luther, <laughs> yeah. Calvin, and Churchill. Like, I don't know. Dude, like, totally. Like, dude, I'm still kind of mystified. Oh, I forgot Spurgeon. Throw him in there. But, like, I'm, I'm yeah, just yeah. kind of mystified by that whole thing, right? It's, I don't think Churchill would have done great as a local church pastor. I know that's a hot take, but I'm just putting it out there. Dude, I don't how think he would have been great. dare you say what you just I know, baby. It's it's borderline. I sound like the, liter- the liturgist yeah, right we now. We are the liturgist right now. And we're baby, like the reformed liturgist because we're just my... hitting against Churchill. If I had made my voice more quiet and whispery and, and vulnerability voice, if I had said it in that voice, I would sound just like the liturgy. You mean like if Churchill would have made like a really good local uh, lead church pastor, pastor like Ted, yeah. I don't know if he would have made a local <laughs> lead think, pastor. Um, uh, I mean, I don't do- think he would have. <laughs> I don't think you would have. I think we're being horrible people right now. Are we? Too. Why? Because Which we're is... because we're trying to take we're trying to take down Churchill. <laughs> Do we have the power to take down Churchill, baby? If we have that baby, kind of you... influence right now, I mean, I'm feeling real good about this program, man. Are you and I going to ruin Winston Churchill for reform? Though? Dude, I think we just literally ruined Churchill for the church. Oh snap! Because people, see where I went with <laughs> people are going to come at us for that. Like we are the worst now because we have we've introduced doubt as it pertains to Winston Churchill's pastoral chops. Do we just so, like uh, Churchill because his name has the word has the word in church it? in it for the Churchill? <laughs> I just bought that URL. Did you did you just so, click on yeah, it right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I was, for the I was on GoDaddy.com and I was and oh, I yeah, and I, I noticed it had just been bought. That must have been you. We'll go halvesies on it though, baby. <laughs> we'll go partners on ForTheChurchill.com. Dude, when are we going to do For the Churchill conference? I think that's the question oh, yeah. everybody's asking right now. But hey, you know, everybody rest, get off the conference circuit, but we're going to create like four new conferences now. How would we do a for the, the what would we do? What would a for the Churchill conference look like for us? Well, man? I'll tell you exactly what it would look like. Uh, it would be some combination of listening to talks and watching like war movies, like <laughs> Churchill related war movies. That would be the conference. Dude, is there still a thing like where like somehow like war movies are next to godliness? Not cleanliness, war movies yeah, are next to godliness. I think, like so, 1917 so, and that whole gig. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got to go all McCracky on the war movie now. Like you can't just enjoy the war movie. Not like our dads and our grandpas did. Like, dude, one of my best memories of childhood, and this is crazy that I remember this. Um, so my dad was always kind of letting me stay up late to watch you know, Monday night football with him and stuff, which was amazing. But I remember one time we had just gotten cable, which was a big deal. And the, and the George C. Scott movie Patton came on. He won an Academy award for that gig. Yeah, Yeah. dude. And the movie was bananas. It was really good. And and my pops, I was probably like 12 and he wanted to stay up late and watch Patton. And he let me stay up late and watch it with him, which was awesome on so many levels. But yeah, he, he was enjoying, like he was just enjoying a war movie. Like, so for him, it wasn't like some, esoteric i'm gonna write a five thousand word think piece on on what this means you know right but yeah you got you got to go all mccrack mccrackian about it about it now with the war movie you can't just like it i know man my uh, my pops john f martin man he uh yeah. i mean he was kind of old school like he loved old movies and i mean if you go back far enough that's all they were making was was war movies was war movies yeah, yeah. everything, like war everything movies. was related to the war and so man I westerns saw, yeah totally yeah. i saw yeah and westerns were just like western version of war movies yeah you know what i mean yeah and, uh, if we're not slaughtering someone in an old movie, then it's, it's really not an I mean, old so movie. literally, like, I grew up just watching all those old black and white, like, war movies. Totally. Where it was, yeah. Dude, I mean, those were dope, though. Those were fun movies. Yeah. I don't know. It was a simpler time, man. It was back when you could make a movie without it. The movie didn't have to be, like, a referendum or a sermon on politics or your worldview or whatever. You could just make a, you could just make a 
awesome movie, you know. Um, I don't <laughs> you know. You can make an that. awesome movie where everybody dies in the end, you know. Yeah, yeah, you can make an awesome, uh, yeah, probably horrible on so many cultural levels movie. But uh, I don't know, baby. I long for that. I long for the simpler times. But you and I have conference work to do. We we have, we have to plan for the Churchill. We got to crank out some content for forthechurchill.com. So yeah. here's what's going to happen. We're going to stay really, really busy. And then 100%. in about a month and a half, we're going to come back and, and just urge people to be less busy while not taking any of our own advice. Absolutely. Um, because that's the that's kind of the moment we're in. So and now the pipe isn't on the show anymore. We'll be able to talk about this like every week. Because yeah. he's busy. Because he's busy. Right? Correct. Son of a yeah yeah. That yeah. guy is the problem, right? Yeah, pipe's he's the who problem. we're talking about. Pipe to me, to be honest with you, pipe has always yeah. been the problem when it comes to any oh, problems sure, that baby. we have. I mean, it was the ele- it was the elephant. In the always room. the I elephant. I mean, the thing. Room. Yeah, always. yeah. I'm glad we're talking openly. Yeah, about I mean, it it's, it's bro- right. I'm getting a lot, off, a lot off my chest right now, baby. Being able to talk yeah. about this. I mean, this is a, well. No, this is good. This, this is, is our good cultural moment. This is our cultural moment, and when we pivot this podcast away from what it was and make it the the For the Churchill pod, you know, official Absolutely. podcast production of ForTheChurchill.com, yeah. um, then and only then are we, uh, are, are we going to find real fulfillment in our work. And um, baby, now we, we have joked about this, but when this episode drops in like a week, what are the odds that some reformed dude is actually going to buy ForTheChurchill.com as a URL? Oh, and put some content on. One hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not absolutely. even a question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, baby, you want to talk babe, about uh, live at Midtown? Speaking of let's cultural, let's talk about moments. live at Midtown. Let's end with that. Yeah, that's a huge cultural moment. Something to get away and enjoy, absolutely. right? Absolutely. A, a way to be busy for us. Um, you know what? You I know, was thinking about too, baby. What if we did yeah. that? This weird thing where we required everybody that walks in. To like put their cell phone in like this little like baggie that we have so that nobody can be on their cell phones like the dude, whole so time. Dude, so it'd be like a it'd be like a freshman philosophy class at college. It'd be like it's, dude, this, yeah, there's it's this kind of like, what, it's what Jack White was doing last year when he did all his yeah. concerts. You had to drop your cell phone like in a, yeah, I love a secure it. bag I love it. so that nobody takes pictures. You only are there to enjoy the show. So yeah, 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 dude. It, it's it's a sacred space. Sacred space. Know? It's a sacred space. Live put the mid-town. phone down. Uh, live in Midtown. We're going to think about that. I like that. I like that direction potentially. Um, so, Ronald, tell us about when live in Midtown is. Um, let me and I'm putting my, you on the spot. I know you that. are, and I'm not good at that. So let me. Get and it's to my, because I don't know myself. Let me get to the calendar. So it's going get to, to the be uh, April 13th. It's going to be at 7 there p.m. at Sojourn yep. Midtown. That's uh, one of their campuses. Mm. And uh, so we want everybody to remember this is the day after Easter. So this is our post. Easter, Easter live yeah. rant, um, and so what we're looking for, what, what we're looking for from our listeners is to, uh, it's going to be Easter themed. This is uh, this is Pipe's first Easter, yeah. um, so we want we want like we want just classic like Easter baskets, like Easter stuff. baskets, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so all kinds of absolutely. all kinds of fake green grass and chocolate and up goodies, grass. yeah, the yeah. whole deal, the whole deal. Yeah. No, it's gonna be it's gonna be decadent, baby, and uh, I'm gonna make it real easy for people to get tickets. Okay, do it. I want you to go to www.happyrantpodcast.com on the internet. So, in between watching your internet television programs, navigate right on over to happyrantpodcast.com. There's a big bold buy my tickets button, and uh, you should treat yourself to some happy rant. Uh, Midtown live tickets because uh, it's going to be fun. The live shows always have great energy. 
Uh, there are always high points in our busyness calendars. And uh, you could also get tickets at forthechurchill.com. Uh, we'll have that. <laughs> we'll have that online merchant page set up um, within hours of of getting off. In fact, this you taping. might feel more comfortable getting them at forthechurchill.com. That's fine. You We're might. Good. We're good it's it's a that. little more. It's a little more secure it's because it's almost secure. like the ethos of Churchill himself is guarding the borders of that website. Correct. And, Whatever um, that means. He's he's somewhere in in heaven. Do we think Churchill's in heaven? I mean, it depends who you There's a fascinating who you question, to, right? I mean, I don't know. I was know. All, I was almost going to say he's somewhere in heaven like chomping on a stove, like looking out for 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 the churchill.com, but I don't know is I don't know how comfortable we feel that he's in heaven. Yeah, I don't know where we're at with that. Like, do we like Churchill yeah. because of his politics or because of his like orthodoxy? Like, I don't, I don't know yeah. enough about. Like, it's amazing that I don't know enough about that, but I don't know enough yeah. about that. Baby, you and I got to read some Churchill biographies this year. And by that, we mean I will never. <laughs> Dude, what's crazy is he might be like of all the guys in hell, <laughs> he might be the most popular guy in hell among reform people. Churchill. Yeah, like so, all the reform people that aren't going to make it up that go down, um, they'll have Churchill no, to no, keep no, no, them no. company. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about like current reform people who are alive, like on the planet. Yeah, but of all the people in hell that they would be inclined to maybe like, he's he's probably at the top of the list. Oh, dude, one hundred. Yeah, there's no yeah. doubt. And then yeah, I mean, dude, this is a whole can of worms we can open. Who else that, is but, on that list? I mean, <laughs> guys in hell that we like reformed, <laughs> reformed or this not, guys horrible. that are in hell that we all yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. We probably shouldn't joke that about list? that, baby. But no, um, we shouldn't. Yeah. yeah, that's not funny at but all. It's but. not funny. There's nothing yeah, funny about no, that. No, baby. There's been very little funny about this program. There's been um, some, but there's been yet some. I've enjoyed it. We've done 50 solid minutes of radio. There's been a little bit of ha ha, a little bit of serious. Um, enjoyable as always to do radio with you in the absence of the very busy, very important Barnabas Absolutes. Piper. And um, yeah, we are we are excited for Midtown Live. So get your tickets. Buy several, buy more than you need. Just be lavish about it and uh, be lavish about your Easter baskets too. Um, so we have done what we always do on this program, Ronald J. Martin, mm. in that we have wandered to and fro throughout several topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, Do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com. <laughs>